So if you, if you were here earlier this morning, you may have heard Jim mentioning the armor of God, which was very convenient because that's what we're talking about today. This is wonderful. It's uh, great the way God works things out. Uh, this was a suggestion from the suggestion box, the armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. That's going to be our verses. So uh, this is a huge subject. We could talk about this forever, and I'm going to try to condense this down into something that you won't fall asleep and fall out on the floor while I'm doing it, okay? So we'll do the best we can, um, but those are our verses. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Understand that every piece of the armor requires us to actually put it on. In a spiritual sense, we must make the effort to understand and how to wear and know how to wear it, much like we learn to clothe ourselves as a child so that every day we get up and we put our clothes on. So remember too that every one of these is based in God's Word. Now for context, Paul has spent this letter talking to the congregation at Ephesus and teaching them a lot of practical things about love and wisdom and how to treat one another. And this is coming at the end of the letter. This is the, the last thing he really teaches them, or these are the last things. Don't worry if you can't read this slide. I know there's a lot on it. We're going to go through each one, and sometimes it won't even be a whole verse at a time. So we're going to take it just a piece at a time. So verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, getting strong is a process. It is something that must be worked at and maintained. Here in these verses, Paul tells us how to be strong in the Lord, how we use his power and his might in our lives. Our daily life is a battlefield against Satan. We need to be fully protected and armed and ready. This is every day. It's not just Sunday. It's not just some days. We are to take possession of our lives for God. And that is what this spiritual equipment is for. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In real life, you have to make sure you're prepared for whatever task you have at hand, whatever you're preparing to do. You, you need to be ready. So spiritually, it's the same. You must protect and arm yourself for the battle. And if you look at the picture, this is why. You are going to be attacked. You will need to fight. That is just the way it works. So put on all the armor. Put on every piece of the armor. If we do not wear it, any piece of it, then we are vulnerable. And the enemy will use that weakness against us. He knows where we are open to him. Verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Understand this is spiritual armor for a spiritual battle. 
while some of my images are going to be representative of physical warfare, they're just symbolic. We should know and recognize our enemy. We fight against the devil and his cohorts. They are evil. They will use anything they can to drag us down with them. They know they've already lost. They know where they're going, and they're very sore losers. They want to take us down just for spot. <clears throat> Pardon me, just for spot. They manifest to us as temptations and deceits in this world. So verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Because of the war we are engaged in, wear the whole armor. Notice he repeats this from verse 11. We need to wear every piece of it because it's very, very important. Every piece is needed. It will protect us and help us to stand against these powers, this evil that's in the world. To withstand the evil day. Now, which day is the evil day? Well, it's any day we're not with Christ and God in heaven. That is the evil day. Every day here is the evil day. If we look at the first part of verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. We must choose truth, honesty, integrity, holding to the truth in God's word. This keeps everything else tied together. Helps you keep your pants up too, but without truth, the breastplate has nothing to fasten onto. Without that belt of truth, we cannot carry the sword of the Spirit. Real truth, God's truth, must be at the core of our being and our belief. Now, 14b, the second part of verse 14, and I've labeled them B and A and, you know. Anyway, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, we must be in right standing with God. Or the very heart of us, our, our spirit, our eternal soul, is lost. We must protect our core by being forgiven by God. And this is how we put on the breastplate of righteousness, by pleading the blood of Jesus, by repenting of our wrongdoing. None of us are perfect. Freely admit that and go to God in prayer. Ask his forgiveness every day. And know beyond a doubt that we are in right standing with God because he is just and faithful to forgive us. We only have to ask, and this breastplate is ours, new and ready for battle every day, or as often as you need it. Sometimes I need it multiple times a day. So, But forget yesterday's setbacks and failures. Remember the lessons that we've learned and get ready for every new day. Verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's kind of a strange way of saying it for us today, but 
This just means to wear the preparation of the gospel. We must be prepared through the word to spread the good news of the gospel. We should be grounded in, walking in, standing in the message of Jesus, our Lord. In other words, we need to know the gospel and live it. Be living examples. Without this preparation, we have nowhere to go, no way to get there, and nothing to say. Our feet must be covered, protected, and ready to walk on the rough terrain of the world. The going is not going to be easy. It's going to be rocky and thorny. And we need the gospel to protect us because we're going to be moving forward in this battle. We do not stop and stand until we have done all, as he mentions in verse 13. Now, I don't know when that is, when we've done all, but I, I don't think it's yet. So verse 16, Above all, take in the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Notice he says, above all, you can think of that as being first or foremost, most importantly. And why is the shield of faith above all? Because the, the shield, our faith, is our first line of defense. Our belief in God, our trust in him and his promises, they go before us and they're blocking, we hold that up in front of us and that's blocking the darts of the devil. And what are these darts? They are the lies, the deceptions, anything that would make our faith waver and make us lower that shield. If you look at the picture here, it may not be the biggest in the world, but the, the devil there shooting at, at the Christian soldier, and those little darts are despair, doubt, lies. And remember that Satan will try to hit our weaknesses and use our doubts and fears against us. But our shield of faith, our belief in God, it will block these attacks. And we strengthen the shield of faith, our faith, through the word of God. This is the second piece of armor that allows us to actually move forward and press on the enemy. With faith in God, we can withstand the attacks and take the fight to the enemy. This helps us get into position to use the sword, the sword of the Spirit. Without this shield, without belief in God, the darts would just beat upon our other pieces of armor if we could even have any other armor without that belief until they were damaged and we would be defenseless. Another interesting thing about shields and this is something that the uh, Roman soldiers used to do. You can join shields together as a group. And they did this. They were very organized. That's why they were very successful. They would do a maneuver kind of like turtling, where they would hide behind and underneath each other's shields, like some in front would have their shields out and the guys behind would have their shields up. It would protect them from arrows being shot at them from attacks. And so it is spiritually. Combining our faith can make us tougher and stronger, and we support each other and help each other in the battle. Verse 17a, and take the helmet of salvation 
The helmet protects our minds. It protects our thoughts. We wear this by knowing that God has already saved us. We can have peace and joy in the fight, in the battle. Salvation is assured, and we can have confidence regardless of the lies and the temptations and deceptions of Satan. In salvation, we know who we are in Christ, our position as a child of God, and as a soldier for God. We know the end of this war as well as the enemy. They have already lost. We know that we have the victory in our Lord. Jesus has won this war for us. Without this helmet, our mind would be open to every deception and idea of the enemy. Without our salvation, we would be lost in fear and doubt, not knowing our circumstances. We can see this in people in the world today. How would we even fight or defend ourselves if we're confused and uncertain of our situation? We don't realize we belong to God. We must know who we are in God and that we are saved, that we are his children. The next part of that verse, 17, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We must know how to wield it. It is a two-edged sword, and we can use it to better ourselves. But its use and intention in this, in, the, in these thoughts, is to be used against the powers of the enemy. This is our offensive weapon. We can use this to attack the enemy, force them out of our lives and others' lives. With this, we can make the enemy flee before us. To be the best warriors, we have to be very familiar with our weapon. We must know everything we can about it. We must practice with it every day, and it should be an extension of who we are. And that doesn't mean that necessarily you can quote everything chapter and verse, but that you read and understand and know what the Lord is actually telling us in his word and put that into practice and live it. We must know how to use the sword of the, <clears throat> the sword of the spirit. Pardon me. Some weapons are for crushing, but swords like this are for say like hammers and maces. Those are for more like crushing your opponent or, you know, popping them a good one. But swords like this are for slashing and stabbing the enemy slashing through the lies and deceits, cutting the bonds of those captured by the enemy, stabbing Satan and his allies with the truth of God's word. They will flee from God's people wielding his word. Without the sword of the spirit, we are only in a defensive position. We have no way to strike at the enemy. How long can we hold out if we're purely defensive, and the enemy is never defeated, is never pushed out. They will just continue to hammer at us until we're defenseless. We must use what God has given us to defeat Satan in our lives, and that is his word, the sword of the Spirit. In verse 18, 
Paul continues, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying always, this is an action, an order that must be carried out. We're putting on each piece with prayer, and we must all pray for all the saints. So we all pray for each other, that we all will have victory in our lives. This is like rallying the troops, combining all our faith together and pushing against the enemy. This is an invisible power that the devil has no defense against. There's nothing he can do about your prayers, about any of our prayers. When we pray in love for others, those righteous prayers are strong. We're told that they avail much. He continues in verses 19 and 20. And remember, this is Paul. He says, And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. These two verses are about prayers for Paul. He's, he's requesting that they, hey, remember me too. Remember me in your prayers. But we can apply these also as a request of prayers to our, our elders, our preachers, our teachers. They all need our prayers. We need to pray for them and encourage them. We want them to speak boldly the word of God, like Paul mentions here, showing us what is good and correct in our Father's word, sometimes correcting us, sometimes encouraging us. Our spiritual leaders, whoever they are, they need our prayers. Make sure, we need to make sure that we are praying for the Lord to guide them as they guide us. And now, we should choose the spiritual warrior we want to be. Now this, this picture, I think sometimes is how we see this in our minds a lot of times. And, and don't get me wrong, this is great for teaching kids, and I get that. I get that. It's, it's wonderful, but it's, but it's a little silly. It's a little immature for us. I don't think it reflects the reality of what we need. So, this is more like something or someone we want on our side in the battle. We want to be fierce spiritual warriors that stand for God against the forces of this world ourselves. And this is someone ready for battle, like we should be. We're adults. We need to realize this is serious business. We have struggles in our lives that we need to overcome. And God gives us the answer for fighting these battles. Don't just, you know, don't just get this guy on your side, but actually become this warrior spiritually. Stand for the Lord in his strength. Let's protect our lives, our families, our congregation, and push the evil out. Thanks to God, we can do that. He's given us the way. So we're all in this fight together. And the good news is our captain, our king, has already won. He's waiting for us across the finish line. 
We're just following in him to share in that victory. He's done everything for us. He's paved the way, plowed the path, however you want to think of that. We just need to keep pushing forward to Jesus. So if anyone here is feeling defenseless or helpless or weak, the Lord is wanting to build you up. If anyone does need to be baptized and start putting on this armor for the first time, we can help you get started. If you need to get this armor repaired and refreshed and put it back on, we would help with that as well. If you have any need, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.